Recording in progress. All right, so folks, it is 6.33. Uh, I'll just call this meeting to adjourn, um, to begin. Not adjourn. <laughs> we have a very short meeting. Um, and did folks get a chance to take a look at the agenda by any chance? Yes. All right, so I guess we'll just jump into this and just start with the, the data that has been provided since um, we last met. Sure. Um, do you want me to share my screen? We can kind of bring up, um, just to maybe recap the data that we put together. Uh, at the last meeting, you had asked for some additional data about kindergarten spaces mm -hmm. um, as specialized classrooms that have sinks and perhaps bathrooms. What does that look like in our schools? So we gathered that information. We gathered some information related to uh, the preschool and the classroom spaces there. And we also gathered some information related to um, like projecting forward, uh, kind of our current use related to uh, specialized programs uh, through the student services department, as well as kind of projected use for next year. I'm not sure we projected um, super far out and it's all kind of rough, um, but just uh, wanted to give you a little bit of sense of that. So I can, um, I can share that on my screen, that might be the best way. And then we're all talking about the same thing. Sure. And uh, the guests tonight know what we're talking about. So just give me one moment so I can find it. And then I think, Miriam, if I'm correct, you and I had a conversation, too, about some potential follow-up related to um, map data of number of students in a, in a particular district. And we sort of talked through that a little bit further about what transportation might have. But I think ultimately we sort of landed that a, a consultant would really be able to pinpoint through like a heat map um, of the of the community. Yes. So those were the kind of two pieces that we've been working on since we last met. Um, and so just want to clean up my, my screen and make sure that there's not anything. I feel like I'm out of practice with this. It's not a bad thing, I don't think. Okay. Riding a bike. You know what? I'm used to having a um, separate monitor, but I don't have it here. Okay. Um, so um, I did the kindergarten classrooms. Paula did uh, and deserves the credit for uh, filling in a lot of these details. Um, Paula, do you mind maybe going um, with integrated preschool first at ECDC? Sure. So as you see, right now we have nine classrooms um, that we have occupied with one calm room. It's a small office space that we're using that has some bin bags and some um, just some a quiet space um, for students who are dysregulated to go to, as well as a motor room. I kind of clarified what a motor room is at the end of the document. I kind of the sensory motor room is I put as one because sometimes some buildings are combined, so they might have some motor equipment, such as some swings and some steps and some different wedges and, and um, oh, there's another PT word for it that I don't know, I think off the top of my head, 
Um, but it also might have sensory tools like fidgets and putty and and sand that they can rake. So I kind of combined it into one, all the motor motor room and the sensory room into one called a motor room. Um, we have currently have 147 students in ECDC. As you see, the projected number for next year already is 175. Um, and that approximately will get us through October. Um, so um, each one of the ECDC classrooms needs a private bathroom with a sink and a toilet, um, as well as in most rooms, they also have another sink that's in the larger space as well. Um, so yeah, so we need more space. We're at capacity at ECDC. Um, you know, so we'll need to talk about that for next year for sure. Um, I also went through diff the different program classrooms um, and indicated where um, we would need toilets or at least um, bathrooms close by. Um, obviously in Strive, we have an, a, a, um, a bathroom in that classroom at all levels. Um, Ideas doesn't so much need a bathroom, but you know, one close by is always helpful. Um, those students, you know, pretty much um, can go to the bathroom on their own in the, in the regular bathroom that the other students share. Um, goals, there's, again, um, we need a sink in the room, but, you know, for the lower goals classroom, if we had a, a bathroom attached, that would be lovely, but also as long as it's close by, that will be fine. Next, we really would benefit from a, a bathroom in that classroom. Um, unfortunately, right now, neither one of those classrooms has a bathroom in the classroom. Um, but as long as it's close by, and we also have a private bathroom close by that a single stall bathroom or a single use bathroom um, is helpful for those students because sometimes they can um, need some assistance in the, in the bathroom. Um, and like, as you see, I projected out for next year, what tentatively the enrollment number will be for the classroom. As you know, that's, that changes um, based on any move-ins or any students who might need that specialized programming um, that we have not um, anticipated yet. Um, at the Strive classroom, um, at the high school, um, I indicated that we, in both classrooms, the lower, the classroom on the first floor, as well as the classroom on the second floor, we have a model bedroom in each classroom, as well as a kitchen area and laundry station where they have a washer and dryer. dryer. Um, in the upstairs classroom, we also have a private bathroom um, and a changing area um, for our students who might be have some mobility challenges and needs um, a staff assistance for their um, ADLs, uh, activities of daily living for those <laughs> who don't know what ADLs are. Um, right now, the, the, the Strive classroom at the, on the second floor, um, the classroom space at, right now is small. So what we're going to try to do is uh, to also use the adjacent classroom to have a little larger space so kids can spread out a little bit more. Um, you know, the kids are larger, they're older, they're adult, almost on the adults, so we need a little bit more space in those classrooms. So where we are looking at um, where the rooms are um, at the high school for next year. Our fifth year trans, I keep trying to move the thing up. Our fifth year transition program right now just needs a, a one classroom. Um, you know, they do some vocational work and, and some pre-teaching um, in this small classroom, and then they go out to the community to, to do their um, their work in, in the community, um, their jobs in the community, as well as um, their field trips to different um, locations within Franklin area. And I think that's about summarizes everything. The break classrooms will be ones that will be coming. 
Um, right now, we anticipate we would just need a classroom space as well as a smaller office area for, for one-to-one counseling. Um, I don't have projected enrollment as now. As of yet, um, that will be a rolling enrollment throughout the, the year. Um, and then our new classroom at NEC, we've already picked the classroom. Um, you know, and ideally, again, have a sink in the classroom and the bathroom um, with the toilet close by. I'll just chime in before we um, take questions, just scrolling back up to the top. Um, kindergarten classrooms are the second um, second row of data. This year, we have um, three in most of our schools being used um, and four at Keller. I don't, um, I don't think that we're limited to three. I think that some of these schools can have um, a larger capacity for kindergarten. Um, I know, I think Keller has the ability to have five uh, kindergarten classrooms actually with uh, the sinks and the toilets, for example. Um, we are watching our kindergarten numbers very, very carefully. Um, we are um, seeing fewer kindergarten students register at this time um, than we have um, this year that could go up over the summer. And so um, watching it very, very carefully and remain positioned to add if necessary. Um, but you can see the class sizes, the number of students um, that are projected um, for those uh, for those sections that may be a little bit different than two weeks ago or so when I um, and put this information in. Um, I think the Jefferson numbers may have fallen a little bit. Um, and you can see that um, all but Parmenter have toilets, um, but all of the kindergarten classrooms have designated sinks in them. So with that, I think we would take some questions. Start with Lisa. Lisa, do you have any questions? This is so helpful. Thank you, Paula, and um, everyone else who helped to, to add that information that we had um, talked about at our last meeting, and definitely defining the comm room and motor room at the bottom i scrolled down that was the first thing that caught my eye i just think it's like making make sure we're all using common language mm -hmm. um it really helps clarify and sort of get a sense for what the room would need to have or be um of course i didn't really hear much after integrated pre-k is going to be at 175 in october that was like oh okay that's um that's a, a a big number and um as for for those that might not know um preschool kids it's like a rolling uh enrollment at, when they turn three years old so if they have birthdays in december january february march april may june um the numbers always go up always and sometimes it's hard to anticipate it's hard to know who's turning three in may who's turning three in march um and so that's like in preschool you always have to have lots of extra space and um, extra service providers, et cetera. So what's the plan with that? We're gonna continue to watch the numbers. Um, you know, um, don't be surprised if I come to you and ask um, for another teacher and some support professionals to help with that. Um, um, as well as we'll have to look at some space at Horace Mann to see how maybe we can um, use some other spaces to kind of expand out, you know, obviously conference rooms are the first to go. So we'll have to figure out, get creative on where our staff can meet and have their lunch and whatnot. So um, we continue to monitor it. But as you said, Elise, you know, it's out of our control. We're obligated to provide services to incoming third graders with um, third three year olds um, with disabilities, as well as provide um, peers. So um, we have to make sure we have peers as well. 
Um, so, um, so we will see. We'll continue to look at it. We have great relationship with early intervention. Um, so they are, you know, they are giving us some projections um, on what we need to look for. So. That's great. great. That's great. It doesn't, it doesn't slow the wave, but at least it gives you know, a little bit of time to um, hire whatever. Yeah. We typically get about 20 students over the course of the yeah. year. And I think that if this is a temporary blip, my suggestion would be to think about the Oak Forest Man Complex and how um, conference rooms and meeting spaces, um, even you know the motor room might get potentially relocated temporarily. If this is more sustained and longer term, this might be the opportunity um, as the enrollment at the high school decreases to be thinking about expanding um, a preschool program up at the high school um, for a couple of class sections that um, our high school students could participate in as like a learning lab. That you might want to do you might want to do that anyway, but it, this might accelerate that. Exactly. We've been talking about it for a while, but as Sarah said, this is probably going to accelerate those discussions. Um, so we, we will yeah, stay tuned. That's such an exciting option. I it am is. in full support, and I'm sure plenty of high school staff members would be in full support because maybe they could get a, a tuition you know, discount or what have you to have their, their kids in there. Um, so many opportunities for the students, you know, the, the littles, but also the high school students actually working with um, the preschool kids. It's mm -hmm. such a great option. Um, I don't, I don't think I have any other questions. I think it's like this. This works so well with my brain the way it's organized here, as far as the projections, etc. And I guess the only other thing that jumped out at me was the reach um, decrease in enrollment was sort of. Substantial from 16 this year to, to nine next year. Is that am I reading that right? Mm -hmm. Is that because they're moving up or yeah, because they're moving less up. restrictive? No, they're moving. Okay. Um, we have a couple that are going less restrictive, but we have most of them that are moving up to the middle school. So, um, yeah. So you know, we'll see as as we know um, that always is fluid as well, um, especially you know given us you know coming out of the pandemic and as well. Um, We'll see what happens. So. Yeah, as far as student needs, um, mm -hmm. and right, planning for um, expansion. But I guess you're still going to have the space. So I'm we're focusing on space tonight, right? Yes. So yes. <laughs> I still have the space. Distracted. Yeah. So yeah. So the the space will be the same. So in case it needs to go back up to 16 or whatever, you have the space. It just might become like a personnel. Thing. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Looks good. I think I'm all set. Al, thanks. Right, cool. Thank you. Uh, Denise, any questions? No, I just wanted to echo Elise that, you know, thank you guys very much. This is more, this is just amazing. I mean, more than I thought we'd get, and I love the way that it was organized. So thank you very much. Yes, uh, great. Thank you, Denise. Um, yeah, and I, Elise, uh, I think you've asked a lot of the questions I was going to ask. Um, I think the big thing that I, I had caught as well was the, the increase in, in knowing the space concerns at ECDC. Uh, especially after going there and, and speaking to Kelty and seeing what they've been doing to just kind of accommodate um, the additional students that they have and, and moving their staff around. Um, definitely a big concern and something that we need to, to, to figure out so that at least they have a, a space of their own and then the students have their space as well um, for learning and, and, and growing. Um, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, so no, thank you. It's definitely well laid out and um, would definitely leverage this in the, the presentation um, 
so folks at least get a sense of the scope and really what we're doing. I do actually have two more questions. Sorry, they just sometimes there's a little delay. Um, one is just to piggyback on that, Al, or just the idea of having a lab classroom or um, some kind of preschool at the high school, is that something that could be done for next year? Or is that something that takes a whole lot of planning, getting the little tiny toilets in there and different yeah. playground yeah. equipment? Like, how big a deal is that to, like, set, you know, a high school space is very, very different than an early childhood space. So, like, how much time or planning or money would that would that take? Do you have an, just a you know, ballpark idea? Um, not ever doing one before, and I don't, but I would th say it would at least be, we could not get it up for next year, that's for sure. That, that I'm confident in, um, you know, in regards to money, as you said, we would need to definitely put some smaller toilets in there and um, really look at the space that we have there and, and what would be an optimal, like, location for the lab classroom as well. Um, so I would say at least two to three years out. Um, and again, I, I would have to work with Mike D'Angelo and, um, to figure out. I was going to piggyback on that too, Paula. You have a facilities consideration, you have staffing, um, you have to build a program and then come up with a process for how you'll enroll. I'm assuming there probably be some liability pieces to kind of flesh out a bit as well, just on the legal aspect and, and, and try to have all of that really tight. Um, but it's an exciting idea. So the idea of wanting to move it along, um, certainly there's interest there. But um, to do it right, I think we would have to really figure that out. And the facilities piece is one of those question marks I would have as well. It's like, what would it take? It's not impossible, but what are those barriers or what are the considerations? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting idea to, to toss around. And I know other districts do it. So it's really, you know, it's not recreating the wheel. It's just sort of of figuring out like how what are their tips and tricks to to make it as painless as possible i guess um my other question was just about the bright oops oh, sorry what lucas did i cut you off okay um my other question i guess was about the bright program so there's a uh, a, a classroom and a counseling office available are those like in proximity are those like a sweet situation okay okay good so they're not having to walk down the halls that would mean no that would that would be messy um we want them as close as possible because most of the time those students need to stay in that smaller space um in that that area of the high school so um, jen gravelin as well as um kathy klein have been and josh can have been you know really trying to figure out the best spots for that so we're we're actively seeking looking at it because we have to move some rooms around and whatnot so looking forward to hearing more about that Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm all set now, I promise. It's all good. Um, all right, thank you. Yeah, and I assume that given what we needed, I mean, all that we can do in the short term is is move the staff's um, offices and the meetings to another location, given that we do have all the security that, that's in um, ECDC today, the bathroom constraints, um, and we don't want to do something that's permanent because if the enrollment does go down, then we've kind of spent the capital and, and now we're, we're not using or we're having to undo it or, or something of that nature. Yeah, we're, we're really curious about what the enrollment will look like for 23-24. For um, see, just this is a COVID blip. So. No, but this this has been awesome. So thank you for, for this. It was I, I was working on the slides and it was like, 
This is awesome. <laughs> so thank you much, much appreciated. You're welcome. All right. Um, what else do we have for data to discuss? Sorry, you're on mute. That pretty much sums up our understanding of your requests from the last meeting. Was uh, kind of updating this and. Again, considering and talking to Miriam about what transportation might have, mm -hmm. um, but just sort of thinking that that's probably something that a consultant would be better at. Okay. Yep. And that makes perfect sense. All right. So then I'm going to move up, move over to just reviewing what I've put together so far for the presentation on um, this coming Tuesday. Do you want me to give you co-hosting ability so you can share your screen? And I'd rather I'll just. Can you all just go to it individually? I'll just talk through it. Um, and the only reason why I say that, I don't, since it's in draft form, I don't want like screenshot sure. or anything sent out before it's ready. Um, so I'll just talk through it um, and let me know if, if I've lost you as to what slide I'm, I'm on. So you're in there, um, starting on slide number two, um, really just breaking out the agenda. Um, once again, this is completely draft, not set in stone. Um, Definitely looking for all of your feedback and input for things that I may have missed that we should include in here um, or things that need to be tweaked, that sort of thing. Um, just before we get into this, uh, kudos to Lily for creating the template. Um, thought this was really, really great. Uh, I think this is a way just to kind of keep this standard and really brand it for the district and um, just have some co to cohesive <coughs> cohesion. So, uh, First, slide number two is just around the agenda, so we'll just really summary around all the work that has been done. Um, then we'll get into some different uh, areas just to speak to. Uh, first, we need like external factors, which would be things that are um, external to the, the school district itself that may impact the school district. So um, I know in previous meetings we've talked about housing sales, uh, development work that's being being enacted in the, in the town and how that may particularly impact our um, enrollment. And in short, it hasn't, um, which is, I guess, a good news story, but just, just kind of calling that out so people are aligned and know what's going on. Um, we'll then do a deeper dive into all the facilities. And then lastly, we'll close out with the recommendation and, and next steps. Slide number three, um, really went back to our, our first meeting, really, what was the purpose of the subcommittee, just to level set everybody um, that may not have been participating in it, um, talking through. This was just our own internal assessment of the facilities, just to make sure uh, we have a sense of how things are, um, not necessarily making a decision, but just really a fact-finding mission. Um, the next purpose was really then to take all that information, communicated back to the school committee so that they were also brought to speed as well on the current state of things. Um, and then lastly, uh, developing a recommendation on what we would do to move forward from here. Um, whereas, as I said before, this is, we're not necessarily making any changes. We're just looking and assessing and then providing recommendations as to what's next. Um, so why are we doing it now? Um, one, um, there hasn't been any redistricting since the opening of Keller um, Andy Sullivan complex back in 20 in 2002 um, so the district layout as it is is has been the same and really the town has evolved and grown considerably since then um, there's been a lot of change in terms of development students uh, you name it 
um, usage of space has changed since 2002 as well. Um, so the way we looked at space when these buildings were, were set up, um, not actually the same. Uh, the closure of Davis there that had happened, um, where we just we just really did a closure of the site and moved all the students wholesale to um, one school, um, whereas we're looking at all the impacts to, to everybody. And then lastly, um, we know we've talked about this many a times, um, there are future considerations that we need to, need to deal with. Um, one, uh, we are doing a lot of in-district accommodations for uh, specialized programs. So definitely making sure that we do have the space for that. Um, and then we also are expecting per the Castle Booze assessment, um, a decline in enrollment, but then um, by 10 years after, we would expect to see an increase um, per historical projections. Quick summary around the, the three meetings that we had, um, where we just reviewed the data compiled by, by central office, which are the dates, and then really what's next. So reviewing with the data of the school committee, which will be on the 16th, this is being presented, and then also uh, requesting to get that consultant so that we can really do a, a, a thorough redistricting analysis and looking to see what makes sense. Um, and not just getting a consultant, but then also establishing an advisory committee, which would include school committee, faculty, and then also the community as well to provide their input as part of that ongoing work. I'm going to pause there. Thoughts so far? Uh, slide number four, um, once again, it's deeper dive in external factors. So we did see uh, higher, slightly higher sales this year than 2021. Um, I don't recall what the change as a result of the home sales were in 2021. Um, so just want to call that out just so that folks at least get a sense. If what we saw in 2020, we saw X change. Um, if we're seeing more more growth in 2022 should be akin to the same. Um, just give a sense of that. Um, but I don't recall if we had that data or not. So I don't know if folks remember if we, if we had talked about that. I looked in my notes and I didn't see anything specific. No, I don't think we talked about that. Um, I think we might be able to get it. I think one of the ways that would be most interesting to get would be if we were able to do it by school by mm -hmm. district so what i will say is that um if you look at elementary we're kind of level um maybe slightly higher than what the forecast had projected all told but what's very interesting is that we had some dramatic shifts within elementary schools and so i'd be curious to kind of map um growth as a result of where the home sold um just to kind of do it by school if possible i don't know um i, I feel like it should be doable i wonder if the data exists you know not something that you guys need to recreate because you know when you look on zillow 
oh, or something, it says what school district, it says, oh, you're in the Keller district or you're in the Jefferson district. Like, I wonder if realtors can just run a report for you somehow, right? I don't think you need to make make that data up by looking up every address in every district. I think it's public and then we could have uh, somebody sort it and then map, compare that to um, the enrollment. Mm -hmm. That is public information. Um, Norfolk County Register would have that information. And then we have street listings that we can compare to um, based on the, the, the street that uh, the house is on as to what district it's in. So, yeah, we could definitely do that, assuming we can get the data. And if, if we can, I mean, it's something we could just omit as well. Um, but just as it's a thought as it's putting things together. All right, um, talking about the, the nine building projects that we had reviewed, um, and for the most part, they're the two or three bedroom uh, apartments or condos, um, and then we've seen historically that this was not a, a driver of, of students. Um, from here, slide four, just a quick image around all the schools, the mascots, um, just to add a little flair, um, and then getting into a breakdown of the district and what you'll see here is kind of a rinse and repeat for a lot of the, the schools but first starting off with the uh the school district itself you can see the portrait of the graduate image um and then the district profile on the right hand side where it just gives a really a high level summary of what we're seeing um be it the the various 10 facilities um uh total enrollment for fifth school year 2022 and then the the change from FY21, um, highlighting the 14 uh, various specialized programs, and, and not that there are 14 different programs, it's 14 total across all the schools, but as you'll see, it's the breakdown of each of the um, types of individual programs, and also highlighting the three that are coming in FY23. And then last but not least, the projected that we're looking to spend from a capital standpoint in FY23 and FY24 combined on the various building projects. So um, the two that I did not have readily available were the um, enrollment for FY22 and then FY21. So I just, just need to get that populated in there. Questions, thoughts, comments on slide number six. Just, when you say that there's 14 specialized programs, that's not the same as classrooms, I don't think. So it's like elementary goals, middle school goals. Correct. And in, in like per school. So like, we'll just say, for example, um, Annie Sullivan and uh, let's just say Horseman have the same specialized program. I don't have the time I have, but let's say uh, NEC, NECC, that would be considered, I would consider that as two individuals, okay. one at each. So it's just the total count at each particular site, not necessarily classroom. Okay. It's interesting when you put it like that. Um, but I, it's, yeah. And completely open for feedback. I'm, I'm not married to this whatsoever and I'm open to change. So. I think it makes sense uh, just with that explanation. So if you just name the title of the specialized services, 
you get one view, but if you say there's 14 different sites because there's different schools with some of the same programs depending upon the developmental age or whatever. So I think it's fine. Yeah, I was interested in that piece too because I think like that's not usually how I would think of it but i think al like this is where you know what i mean because like most of the people we're talking to don't work in education so like we need to be able to give this information a way that sense to them um so i would just say like however you just described that if there's a way to rep to to say that on the slide because people will be listening to you but you know like yeah, however visually it can be clear so maybe 14 sites or um you know however in your mind makes it makes it most clear the way you're explaining it here to to include that um on the slide like how you're counting it i think would be helpful that works and you definitely can tweak that to support that any other feedback on the slide All right, um, then slide seven is just a district map. Um, there is a link to the town website where it calls us out. Um, unfortunately, the town website still has uh, Davis there listed as its own unique um, district and, and not tied to color, at least in this view that I found. Um, but we could get a printout of anyway. So we'll just do that little note that Dave in their uh, area attends uh, Keller Elementary School, just to call it out clearly. On the right-hand side, as you can see, the middle level, which which reflects the, the three middle schools um, as they, they are. Slide eight, um, still have not processed yet, but this is would be outlining just kind of the details around um, ECDC and really highlighting the things that we've talked about. Um, this, the growth that we've that we are anticipating, um, what they're supporting, um, and things just to consider. Um, this one, along with the high school, I think, are different than than the mold that you'll see in the other slides, um, since we we have some different data points to call out and things that we want to highlight. Um, next. Slide nine is just the elementary level, and then this through, I believe it is slide number 14, really are just focusing on each of the sites individually and just calling out what's going on in each site. Um, but as you'll see on slide 10, this is kind of the template across the board. Um, the right left-hand side, the school, um, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to put in that section, uh, but on the right-hand side, it's really around the facility itself. Um, and as you can see, when it was built, if it's been renovated, what the functional capacity is, our enrollment this year, uh, compared to the data we had for uh, 2020, and what that what the utilization is in FY22, which I'll actually call that out as FY22 instead of blank, uh, but compared to the difference in uh, 2020, um, listing out the specialized program along with what our projected numbers are in FY23, and then breaking out what we are looking to spend from a capital standpoint for um, FY23, FY24. Thoughts, questions? One suggestion that I would have prefacing these, I think this is really nice how it summarizes some of the like highest level points. 
but for context, um, particularly for community members, the target utilization rate might be something to highlight because somebody might say, oh, 79%, that's low. Um, but that's actually, you know, sort of right in that target spot around 80%. Mm -hmm. um, somebody might also think like, oh, uh, Keller at 100%, like, oh, we're so efficient, but it's actually too too many. Yep. So um, just people not knowing that sort of benchmark um, might be good. And I think we had said, like, um, Jerry McKibben was saying 80%. Uh, Castle Boo said 85 to 95, but I think given... Uh, given even before COVID, um, McKibben's suggestion was more like 80%. Mm -hmm. okay. did, did this come up for you as well? Or is it me? I agree about that, Sarah. I think it provides context. 100%. Oh, sorry, am I glitchy? Yeah, we, Can you hear me? we heard nothing until you said 100%. It was brilliant, whatever I said, it was brilliant. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So you should be laughing at my bad joke. Um, so I think people are used to seeing a hundred percent, um, is like hundred percent is good. That's what we want. And so I think mm -hmm. Sarah, it's important to have that context. Um, I would wonder if that a hundred a hundred and three at, at Keller, um, I think that there's some sensitivity around there that and um, I think the understanding of Keller and Sullivan being the same building and Keller pe people using some Sullivan space. I feel like that's a really important thing that's happening in real life and it's not necessarily reflected in that number, even though that number is accurate. So I wonder, like, is there can we say something about that? Um, on the Keller slide or have a little asterisk or something because it's like that makes it sound like, you know, they're bursting at the seams. If we're saying 80% is desired and they're at 103, that just sounds, it sounds irresponsible of the facilities analysis committee. Yeah, oh. Similarly, middle school at 50% seems irresponsible financially. Right. Um, but yeah. when you look at the utilization across the complex, all of the middle schools and elementary schools are kind of sharing spaces differently now. Um, so that that's another sensitivity point, I think, with the community. I even wonder, do we want to do Parmenter Kennedy separate and then the complex schools with their combined utilization rate? Like in a way, when it comes to real life, that's more accurate, right? Like they sort of the buildings, it's not not like there's a there's a solid wall in between and people never pass through you know like that's all about sharing spaces sharing building i don't know you know um do you know what i mean like if we report those numbers by building so parmenter's a building kennedy's a building horseman oak street yeah and one of the things i was planning on doing was voice overing the that asked that caveat about the complexes that they do have a very good working relationship and the leaders are flexing as need to, to adjust for space um but i can throw in a like a sub note on that slide just to call that out so at least if somebody's looking at this after the fact they do have that context as well i think it's so important and really i feel like we talk about that the district talks about that all the time but still like somebody sees a number like that and they just zero in on it and they don't necessarily like process the verbiage or remember what we're saying about it so I do think like having it visually would be helpful mm -hmm. the other thing I was thinking on that elementary map 
there's there's gotta be a way to get rid of dt on that map i feel like it's just insensitive and uh it looks like a big oops that that hasn't been updated um i feel like if like I could try to just color it in with brown to make it a color color, but I feel like Lily would take, it would take Lily like 12 seconds. She's just a master at anything. Like it doesn't have to be changed on the website necessarily, but at least like for our slides, can we just make them the same color? And I guess, can, I, I guess how long would it take to get the town to update this? Because this is coming from the town source. I just sent an email out to the um, GIS direct. Uh, the person who does GIS to ask her to please update as soon as possible. You're the best, Marion. And if, as long as it gets updated before that, I can grab a, a, a print from it. Because the, the weird part is there's there's actually two sources for this. There's one that you can get the information, but you just can't get a, a PDF export of it. And the one that you can still references Davis there, which is very weird. Uh... But yeah, if we can get that, then I can make the change to the slide prior to the meeting, uh, the presentation. I feel like that would be helpful. Okay. Yeah, no, and that was that was a thought, and that's more just working in the constraints that I have at that point. Yeah, I love the logos on each slide. I love the, um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting to have the capital schedule on there. Um, I love that. I think the one question I have, too, is that some of them say specialized programs and some of them say special needs programs. Yeah, and that's just a miss on my part. They should be all specialized programs. Okay. Um, okay. Just to align with the verbiage that um, Paula had put in her documentation as well, just to keep it consistent everywhere. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, but that's kind of the, the rinse and repeat. Um, my thoughts really around what to put in the, the left-hand side would possibly be like an image of the school. Um, I didn't have any any anything maybe I wanted to highlight uh, when speaking. I could probably add that in there as well. It's still just like a, a, a work in progress. Um, so I'm not going to train the slides and talk through each of the, the slides because they are they are very similar and in, in structure just to keep it consistent and easy to understand and follow. Um, when we get to the middle level, uh, which is slide, starting on slide number 16, um, yeah, I'll take note of just making sure we call up the call boxes and the sharing of the of the facilities and how they're they're ebbing and flowing. Um, so we have that, but it, it's the numbers that we we've, we've pulled out are based off of um, all the data we've looked at previously. I wonder even if we still have the separate slides for elementary and middle, just like you do here. But under utilization, it would say, you know the. The functional capacity is the school, the enrollment is the school, but under utilization, it could be like um, building utilization or complex utilization or something like that for the percent. Yeah. And we, where we do have that, I can put both of the numbers there as well. Um, yeah. So. Thanks. Let's see. Oops. And then. The area that I struggled the most, and I realized that we didn't have much data, was around the, the high school in terms of the functional capacity since, since we didn't have their numbers um, included in the assessment, uh, the enrollment numbers, I'm not sure what that was as well, along with the utilization. So this is, um, this is not like official, but 
the standard knowledge around the high school is that it was built for 1650. Um, and that's, you know, with the building project, what the um, MSBA had kind of forecasted the enrollment to be. So this common understanding is 1650. And we are, um, I don't want to tell you what number we're at falsely. Um, I'll, you know, I want to be standard around that, but we're actually really right near there. Um, but I don't, the, the question that I would have in terms of functional capacity, it's built for 1650, but I don't know if MSBA would say that that's 100% occupied or if that's some lower threshold. So we might be able to, um, we might be able to get that from the building project. Um, and we might want to not have the utilization percentage I don't know. We can we can we can look at the building project data to see if we can pinpoint that a little bit more. Right, and I think a note that the you know all these numbers we're getting out of the facilities analysis report, which Franklin High School wasn't part of. So um, just just I think a note, sort of a disclaimer about that, where the Franklin High School data right. is a little bit different because it wasn't part of that report. And same with ECDC. Right. All right. Um, and then slide 21 um, really is kind of the recommendations next step. So as I said at the beginning, um, really securing a consultant so that they can do a, a true redistricting analysis with all the, for all the things that are outside of our normal scopes um, so that we can get a sense of what, what needs to be factored in. Um, Establishing that advisory committee, and I, I just threw a, a swag at what it could look like. Um, but it would be like two uh, two participants per a faculty per site, two parents per site, uh, central office and school committee as part of this advisory committee. Um, the intent to really help define what is what is really success mean, and what are things that we're looking for as part of um, this work. Um, and then I just threw a very just a swag at the projected timeline um, based on what we've talked about before. Um, looking to really do a lot of the consultant work, um, analysis, and, and getting the data to be able to provide a, some options and um, proposals um, in FY23. Um, <clears throat> I threw some just dates and timelines, and roughly we're talking about um from september through uh end of february for the analysis and all the, the work needs to be done and a, a decision to be made in april um this is all completely tentative so i'll, I'll throw that in there as well i, I had that but i didn't um and then to then get this to go live in fy24 um but once again this is the complete swag just to give us something to march towards and react to and then determine, okay, is this realistic, is this not? Um, and what would be more um, digestible? Um, and then, uh, let me take that. Oh, some other options just to talk through as well. Um, potential just talking through policy around um, 
folks, uh, families to to choose if they wanted to um, transition to a different school that, that is close to their home, um, what those options look like, um, talk about the space options for ECDC, and then um, talk about Kennedy, if that's something that, that we need to factor in um, as, as part of the future work. So that was kind of the long and short of it, um, or the, the short of it anyway. Um, thoughts, feedback, concerns. I might um, suggest when you talk about establishing an advisory committee, uh, instead of locking yourself into a certain number, um, maybe just say that it would be comprised of faculty, parents, and guardians, as well as administrators and school committee, just just to not get too um, prescriptive at the current moment. You can kind of see, um, see how things are shaping up. I think it's an aggressive timeline. So you might be able to like begin implementation in FY24, which especially if one of the proposals had like a stepwise redistricting and you kind of chip away at it and go incrementally. Um, I, but I think, I think if you were to look at like a major redistricting and you were to do it all at once, it's probably another year out. So you plan it, um, or you come up with like the conceptual plan in FY23, FY24, you come up with the logistical aspects of it, and then it goes live in FY25. But that being said, there may be some incremental suggestions that, that come out of the, the study. Um, instead of extending an invitation to specific families to transition to a closer school, um, it might be consider or evaluate requests. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't think that um, it might be setting up a lot of no's um, if there's an invitation for people who, who might want to make a switch, but um, might be better worded as consider individual requests uh, as a means of balancing some of the, some of the, the schools out a little bit. Um, or, I mean, we do it anyway. We are always kind of considering requests and so people can make them. Uh, it might be something to, to not uh, not put on the slide, but it's something that we could talk about. Um, and we do do it uh, kind of on an annual basis. It's um, a good point, Sarah. Because I think just thinking about their policy as well around that and this extending an invitation for it, if it's, it's, it's in the spirit of this topic, and you know space needs, but the way it's currently framed is this policy around specific um, reasons. This would be an additional reason that you'd be thinking about that. So just would want to kind of examine that. I can, I can share that with you, Al, so you can see kind of the, the current policy around that. Just because I think it could get um, could get money if it's not worded correctly. Is what I'm Fair enough. And yeah, where it, it where it was under, I wasn't expecting this to be like a thing and it was really under the, the discretion of the superintendent that's where mm -hmm. it felt there but yeah but feedback taken all right Anything? and i think the only other thing that i would just note is that there's a lot of and i had mentioned this at the last school committee meeting in terms of new business there's a lot of um anticipation over the committee taking up the question of um, declaring DT a surplus and um, kind of shifting it over to, 
over to the town. Um, so it is wanted to hang a sign on that. It's not necessarily part of the presentation um, and our conversation uh, at the Space Needs Group, but I thought I should bring it up here um, as we as we plan for the the uh, the school committee meeting on the fourteenth. I I lost my connection for a minute, um, but I heard that part about about DT. Yeah, I just wanted to 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 put it out there, um, you know that uh, you know I don't. Although we're pinched for space at Keller, and although we're pinched for space at ECDC, I think that there's um, there was a. A tremendous amount of work that went into studying the Davis Thayer site. Um, it's um, you know served generations of children very very well, um, but I don't see it as a solution for preschool. Um, and uh, you know just the ad the educational options and offerings. Um, you know again there was a, a tremendous study so. Um, so I don't, even though we've got a couple, um, a couple pinch points, um, I think there's some other space sharing uh, that can be had. Um, and so I just, I feel like I needed to bring it up. Yeah, no, and completely, it makes sense. I mean, uh, I was thankful that Marin was able to give me a tour of, of DT, um, but after, after seeing the facility, I, I get the value that it provided, but I think going forward, it, it, it wouldn't be a viable solution to, to our current problems, so makes sense all those little preschool legs going up all those stairs no can you imagine no it yeah. would take an hour to do yeah. it yeah yeah but even like even moving offices there you know it's not an accessible building um and that's really problematic um it's really problematic right um, I did have, I think I, I froze earlier, I glitched earlier, but I had um, my thought on that highlighted bullet there um, and the talk about the policy is I think that it is, it is I, I could see value in adding something there on the slide about it. So however it's worded, you know, consider um, individual requests to transition to remain at a closer school or what however it's worded that sort of follows the policy like you guys are saying that it exists and I know it exists because I considered it at one point for my kids. Um, but I think a lot of people don't know it exists or they think it's an easy process or they think it's an impossible process or so I think there's not a lot of awareness around that and there's going to be big, big feelings around redistricting. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can sort of like alleviate some of that or just give people like this the the sense of having options um the sense of you know just having different you know it's not like this is all going to come down and you're going to be helpless in this decision there there's a process to follow if you want to remain at your school and there's um you know trying to sort of be able to flush that out or at least like give them a little bit of hope for um, something going forward because any but all any parents going to see on there is implementation 7123 that's all they're going to see like oh my kid's going to be ripped from their best friends and you know and so um, I think we need to be careful around that and I think um, it might even be worth talking to Lily um, or maybe not. I think we need to be using the word redistricting a lot. So maybe that second bullet, establishing an advisory committee 
yeah. redistricting. I think we need to be using that word a lot um, because people are going to be surprised <laughs> no matter how much we use it, no matter how much we've been sort of starting to use it in the last year or two, um, people are going to be unpleasantly surprised. And so I think the more it like become, it, it gets out there and becomes less scary and a little bit um, more familiar or just impending, I guess that it, it will be better. I had a friend that worked in HR once and she said the big thing about HR is you tell somebody and then you tell them again and then you tell them you told them and then you tell them again and then you remind them and then you tell them again like it's all about that repeated messaging and that's not my not my field but it's a, a point well taken I think. I think the intention at least with that highlighted bullet is around um, uh, current especially Keller being uh, a little oversubscribed if there's people living on the edge um, and maybe closer um, now that we've sort of lived, lived with the school, you know, if there's an individual request um, kind of honoring that. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know how much um, say we'd really be in a position to offer people um you know, in redistricting, and I don't think that you would um, go towards a choice um, across all uh, across all schools. Um, there are districts that do that, but they have very, very different financial circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to call out the highlight was only due to I knew I didn't have the right wording, so I wanted just to make sure it was not. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's understood, yeah. 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 Okay. Just, I understood. Yeah. That's always my yellow always means go back to it because it's not done. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I always, my yellow is. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that uh, for the deck. And I, I guess for this is my first time creating a, a deck that would be presented. I guess, what's the normal protocol in terms of revision and tweaks? I mean, I, are we, like, would we come back and, and work offline? Like, like, how do we not? I think you and I should probably work on it um, before it goes into the packet. Yep. Um, and then uh, I will, Lucas and I meet with um, Denise and Elise prior to the packet going out um, just to kind of run through the meeting. Um, but it's probably best if you and me or you, me, Paul, Lucas, Miriam, um, so from an administrative standpoint, kind of kind of take it, take it offline. Sounds good. Put the finishing touches on. That works. And then typically, um, sometimes the presentations get posted um, to the website prior to the meeting, and sometimes, um, sometimes uh, the presentation doesn't stand on its own, and it really needs context. Or there might be uh, revisions that happen in between the time it goes out and the Tuesday, and so we don't always post a presentation to the website for those reasons. This is one that might need some context. I agree. Yep, same here. All right. Um, any other questions, comments, or things that we want to bring up about the slide for now? Nice job, Bill. It looks great. It's really well put together. Thanks. Um, all right, cool. Appreciate that. Then I guess with that being said, um, I guess since it's only you and, and me at least, <laughs> what's the protocol? <laughs> We're 
no longer. Uh, there's, a, there's a motion to adjourn. Yeah. Well, yes, but I mean, <laughs> am I going to second <laughs> your motion? Um, yeah, so, you could second it. Okay. Is there a motion to adjourn? There's a motion. No um, move. All right, seconded. All right, so I'll call the meeting to end. And, um, yeah, you going to take a roll call vote? Yes. Yes, roll call vote. <laughs> Police? Yes. Al, yes. All right. Okay. I'll call end this meeting. Um, so weird. <laughs> I know. Um, but thank you all for the, the feedback and the data. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll um, take up to tighten this up and get it ready for uh, next uh, Tuesday. Awesome. Good, good night, everyone. Thank you. Everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.